When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, make sure and click the subscribe button, turn on notifications, and let us know what you think of the episode. If you have other questions maybe we didn't ask on the podcast or suggestions for another guest or topic you'd like covered, we're always checking YouTube and appreciate uh, the comments that you guys give, the feedback. And we wanted to thank you guys for all your support this year with uh, you know listening to the podcast, the, the shows you suggested, um, the topics you guys have encouraged us to you know cover and really jump into. So we look forward to 2023 and bringing a, being able to bring you guys even more content for your trucks. On today's episode, I'm going to be chatting with Fleece Performance about some really cool products. They have some LB7 cylinder heads that are coupless um, on the injector board, which is really cool. So if you have an LB7 and are looking for a solution, they've got you covered. Also some 12-valve fueling upgrades. And then we're going to be talking about some electrical um, parts that they have. They've invested a lot of time, a lot of money into being able to offer products to be able to fix your trucks. If you have an older one and you're having trouble finding things, or sometimes the dealers and, and the manufacturers are discontinuing, um, you know, connectors and other parts. Fleece has a ton of products. We're going to jump into that, talk a little bit about engines. Before we get to it though, I want to encourage you guys, if you're in the market for a knife, we appreciate our friends over at Kershaw Knives offering a 20% off site-wide discount code for you guys. Just use code diesel 20 um, on their website, they got a ton of different choices, regardless of what your budget is or, you know, the kind of knife that you need, whether it's something around the house or hunting, fishing, EDC, something to put in a toolbox, you know, or in a drawer uh, to use around the house. They've got you covered. Make sure and check out Kershaw on Facebook, Instagram. You can find out a ton of information, latest sales that they got, promotions and new releases. All right, let's get to today's episode with Fleece Performance and talking about LB7 heads, 12-valve upgrades, and also some electrical um, fix-it products that'll help you keep your truck on the road. Guys, welcome back to the Diesel Podcast. I love chatting uh, with all you guys and learning all the cool new things you guys are working on. I've seen a ton of new Fleece Performance products hitting the market, so our chat today is going to be very informative and awesome. So welcome back to the Diesel Podcast. Thanks for having us. Good to be here. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks, Patrick. I know you guys are involved in a lot of different race programs and there's been some really cool things that have happened recently with like Ryan Milliken, Derek Rose, and just wanted to ask you guys for kind of a little bit of insight or, or just kind of recapping some milestones these guys have hit and the way that you guys, you know, help them out, help them reach the, the goals and the times that they're looking to make. Yeah, it's been uh, kind of surreal to see what uh, Ryan did down at Snowbirds. Uh, was it a 416? 183 was it 18 yeah, 416 I think it was 416 yeah um but uh you know the funniest part about that whole thing which I'm sure Ryan at some point will love to tell the story but he was not actually trying to run that ET uh, I don't know I think his I think his finger hit the wrong digit when he was uh, <laughs> adjusting the tune up and uh, went way quicker than he uh, expected it to but it's been fun. It's been neat to see all the hard work and everything come to fruition. Actually, you know, we knew we could make the power, but it was nice to actually, you know, get it to the get it to the asphalt and 
turned into some ET. So Derek Rose, he's uh, he's down at Bradenton right now for that Christmas tree race. Um, and Cletus is. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yep. Cletus McFarland's hosting that. He just ran a, a 448 at 165 and backed up his uh, basically that 444 pass he did with Wagglers in the spring. So that was good. We're real happy to get the billet block out and getting ready to get rolling on manufacturing that. So we're excited about all that coming together. Had a last couple of design tweaks to make. Um, <clears throat> but this last year of testing with the built block and Derek's truck, A, we proved that it runs really good. Yes. But hey, we learned a lot. Yeah, we, we learned a ton. Um, it's not an easy project and it's taken us quite some time, mm -hmm. more time than we wanted it to. We haven't, and Derek's we haven't given patient. it enough time either. I mean, but, we haven't really dedicated as much as we wanted to. But. We were probably a little early to start with as far as, you know, our company. But then, mm -hmm. you know, there was a few things like building a new building that got in the way. And yeah. <laughs> but and then so, I have to change the building so that the machine that makes the billet block could fit in here. <laughs> so, and the concrete was thick enough. But super, super proud of the team and the effort uh, all the way around from, uh, you know, it's cool to work with Derek, obviously, and, and have him have so much uh, want and drive, but uh, all the guys here in the shop to really rally around it and want to see it through has been, been pretty cool. So. Remember chatting with you guys last time and really over the years talking about all the hard work and <clears throat> dedication and R&D and testing that goes into, you know, supporting these guys. And I know a lot of that translates over into products for, you know, everyday truck owners and, what you guys learn at the track, you know, has some, some synergy with, you know, the guy towing or hot shotting, things like that. And I saw this video that you guys had released on YouTube. I think it was three or four months ago with uh, LB seven heads. And I see you guys got one there, you know, on the table. And this is, this is huge. And we got a lot of Duramax fans that listens. I wanted to have you guys walk me through kind of from a basic standpoint to start of, if you have an LB seven, you know, what is, what is a common issue with, the heads themselves and then the way you guys approached being able to offer a product that solves an issue not just for the truck owner but then also for the shop owners that are out there and churning out trucks you know every week i think it's something that's it's huge for this market and a lot of people are going to be excited about it i guess i can speak to the the lb7 head and just the way it was uh, designed from the factory and try to infer what they were doing at the time but um, if people don't know, the LB7 head had a cup uh, around the injector bore, which was sealing out coolant, um, well, and combustion uh, pressure as it goes through the deck. But um, that cup was sealing out coolant, and uh, they're not, uh, they work okay, but uh, when we go to higher horsepower levels and stuff, they, uh, they want to push them out. Then there were some products, that, you know, to hold the cup down a little better, uh, billet hold downs for the injector. But um, they uh and then sometimes coolant will erode that cup away or erode the aluminum away from the cup and then you get leaks so just not a very good design and every manufacturer you know tries to avoid it and i think most of that um was the fact that you know the first duramax was 2001 they had to be designing this back 1995-96 um joint venture with Zuzu. that was a complex cylinder head casting at the time and i think that uh they just didn't quite have the technology or the want to create such a complex casting as their first go on an engine. So um, obviously they, they 
changed quickly to the LOI with no cups. So um, like I say, every manufacturer I think would try to, to go with a cupless design. But so that's what we, we did. We revisited the LB7 head and uh, uh, did what we could to create a uh, cupless uh, normal style head that uh, fits the LB7 injector and um, thickened some wall section up uh, where it needed to be. And, uh, you know, looked at all the cross sections from every model year head and tried to make the improvements that GM has been stepping into these cylinder heads as they go. So from from my standpoint, one of the things that we were really battling internally was you know, we had already released a remanufactured LB7 head and it was extremely hard to find good cores and support the demand that we were having on the LB7 cylinder heads. We're spending a ton of time trying to qualify cores and make parts that weren't good enough, good enough. And so we had gotten to a point where I believe you had taken a head in the machine shop. I modified an LOI. And we uh, yeah. went through the exercise of figuring out, is this possible? Can we do this? And yes, it was. Um, and spent a pretty good amount of time, but we were trying to solve a couple different problems. One being availability, of course, two being um, really trying to make a part that wasn't, in our opinions, good and make it, you know, something where I don't know why anyone would buy anything other than our cylinder at, at this point. So, uh, yeah, we had, we had established what we didn't want to do. Yeah. <laughs> and this is, you know, that was, we knew this was the path and it's really one of those things. I went out there kind of in a wild hair and grabbed one of the machinists and we just threw a head in the, the machining center and started playing around and sectioning. And, and, uh, I mean, within, by the end of the day, we kind of had something in our minds that was going to work and what we had to do to make this head work out. So that just, it's really a testament to our engineering team, how we can take a couple different core heads, section it and, you know, work through the prints and design what we want. And, uh, you know, they, they knock it out and, you know, uh, six months later we had castings in our hands. So yeah, pretty, uh, pretty awesome. It was pretty fun to open the box the first couple <laughs> reproduction samples and see it, see, you see, uh, our logo casting in the cylinder head that that's like monumental things, you know, in a company mm -hmm. to get to be a part of that is pretty fun. We've had really good traction with them too. You can probably speak to that. Yeah, I'd say, you know, to some of the sentiment that John went through, the demand for the LB7 head of all of the Duramax cylinder heads was probably the highest and has been the highest since the very beginning when we started the Duramax cylinder head program. We just could not get uh, a sufficient quantity of good core castings to begin with. And even in the ones that we thought were good when we sent them out, we'd have shops that would call us up. And even if they saw some really fine micro pitting down in that injector bore where the cup sealed up against the head, uh, you know, those guys just didn't have the confidence that we felt they needed to have in our own product, even though we were pressure testing it and doing all the work to, to qualify it. When we went to the, uh, the cupless injector bore, it totally changed. It went from uh, people questioning, you know, the, the part when they received it to, 
it's the only thing they're going to buy now because they don't want to question it. So it's it's been exciting to see the demand for this. It went from being the highest demanded cylinder head that we had to just continuing to grow, which is it means that we're solving a problem for the truck shop owner, for the mechanic. We're giving them the confidence to put out a part that they know they're not going to have a comeback on. I think that for us, that's the most important, giving, giving people the tools they need, the parts they need to do a repair confidently uh, so they can make a good living on it. It hits a couple different. It, it hits a couple different parts that I think about. One is, you know, for the truck owner out there, they want something new, or they ask that question as well. Like, is the the core that I'm getting back, you know, is it good? And then, plus on the shop side, is you know they're very dialed in with their hours and the time they're you know putting into a truck, and if they get a comeback or something like that due to a core, just whatever condition something might have been, I'm sure it helps you guys all the way around, not just with. You know, the truck owner calling in, but then also your dealer network, the the shops out there that you guys are supporting to be able to, you know, get these trucks back on the road and they don't come back unless they're, you know, they want something else or they're doing maintenance or something along those lines. Yeah, you think about it, like the youngest LB7 core you can get in here is 18 years old. Yeah. So, um, and nobody, to your point, wants to deal with, you know, a warranty job on a Duramax cylinder head. Yeah. That is very labor intensive and costly for everybody. Yeah. So to be able to provide a new casting that is better than what GM offered is is pretty neat. Now on these, when when the factory heads have an issue, is it something that a truck owner would only notice if they're kind of pushing the power levels of a truck or is it just time, age, mileage? When would the issue with the factory setup arise? Blow head gaskets on a factory LB7 truck. I mean, well, another thing to think about it's not always the head gasket. You, uh, we're all familiar with the fact that LB7s need injectors replaced, you know, yeah, every uh, every 30, 40, 50,000 miles, they'd get a set of injectors, it seems like early on. Yeah, so what would happen, you know, you're taking that cup in and out, and you know, you got the uh, potential for somebody to not get it maybe torqued properly, and then you get some pitting. Between the uh, you know the cup and the head, and then the head's trash. And there's just there was so much going on back then, and and I would say that realistically, probably all of the LB7s have had two to three sets of injectors put in them by now. So when your cups don't seal, that can also give you a false sense of having a blown head gasket when you're getting combustion past the cup into the cooling system. So you know, regardless how uh, how good you've got the head sealed. If the cup's not sealed up, you're still going to have combustion in the uh, cooling system issues. So obviously this takes all that out of the equation and fixes a common problem. I think a lot of shops have like their own method or routine for doing injectors on the LB7s. I know our guys have, you know, you kind of stand on your right foot just <laughs> this way and then, you Over know, a certain yeah. Way. And so, like, to take all that out of the equation, just, it's a simple. Puts uh, confidence back in the job. Elegant, you know, good yeah. solution. So, When you guys are looking at projects like this, do you guys ever step back for a second and just kind of in amazement that some of these trucks that are 18 years old plus, there's such demand for these products or fixes for them? Because I see it on, on you know, the, the podcast side a lot is, a lot of people are going to older trucks or they're picking up something, but they just want simplicity or 
yeah, for whatever reason, they're going back to something older. And there's a lot of gaps and a lot of issues the trucks had when they were, you know, new. So I'm just curious from like the R&D, you know, the, the, the company side, do you guys find this a lot with some of the older trucks where, you know, people are looking for solutions or upgrades for, gosh, something that was out when I was in high school or pretty close to it? I, me personally, I see a lot of opportunity looking at the newer platforms as well as the old platforms, but there's availability things that exist within the older platforms, parts that you can't buy anymore, things that um, maybe other companies or even our companies overlooked because the market was so ripe for third gens, fourth gen Dodge trucks, you know, LMLs was such a long running platform, the power strokes, you know, 11 to 19 mm. untouched. So there's, you know, everybody was so focused on that stuff. And we see a lot of opportunity going backwards to older trucks. That being said, the market size is small. So from an engineering perspective, I think it's important. We try to do as much, uh, kind of research to find the products that fit a need. Like we don't force things. We look for things that like, you can't buy this anymore. This isn't available and there's a, a demand for them. Cause like, if you look at the data, you know, there's a million fourth gen Dodge trucks on the road. There's maybe a hundred thousand 12 valve trucks. <laughs> That being said, if you can't buy a part for it that's needed, that's, you know, a good opportunity. Do you get a lot of that feedback from your from your dealer network? The shops you guys work with saying, hey, we're, you know, fighting this issue or get a ton of requests for this? Customers and dealers. Yeah, I'd say that, uh, you know, we started with our power flow back in 2018, May, May June of 2018. Summer of 2018, we released the first uh, in-tank power flow. And within, well, I guess it was probably two years, year and a half, two years, we had started to get requests for ascending unit. People wanted, you know, the nice billet cap. They wanted the uh, configuration where they didn't have to cut the tank, but they wanted it without pumps. And that was, that, that product itself, which became what it is now, which is SureFlow, uh, which is the replace, replacement sending unit with no pumps in it. That that product and that entire uh, lineup was brought about by requests from the dealers and requests from customers that just wanted a better way to adapt uh, their aftermarket pumps into the tank. So, absolutely, like that that idea did not inherently come from us. It it came from the outside. That's one of the things that you know when I look at look at fleece performance. It, it, you know, jump on the website or I'm on Instagram or Facebook is I see so many products that address issues in the marketplace for the everyday truck guy, but then also in the racing side, which we've covered um, before is I love the approach. And you know, like with these heads, I think how many of those trucks are still out there? How many you know shops are still working on these? And I know the capability, but I wanted to ask you guys about that a little bit, Braden Chase um, and John is the, engineering and the capability that you guys have in that building to produce these heads i don't think that that's very common in the marketplace and so you know if i was ever going to pick you know a company out there that could do this that could uh make a whole new set of heads for an lb7 i think of you guys 
Um, but I think for the listeners out there, they'd be really interested to know how you guys put all this together, how you take this casting and offer this complete, you know, product to be able to ship out to them. Well, as far as, uh, machining goes, I mean, um, John, you can walk through the cylinder head machining process of seats and guides. And I think, I think it's, I think if you, to answer this question best, like, I think if you look to the beginning, you know, I think back to when I first started and it was like, Hey, we've got a Duramax. I need you to deck these heads and cut the seats, you know? we grew this company from a, you know, pole barn truck shop. Mm -hmm. We worked on trucks. We, we were machinists. We had to figure things out. We had to, to do the things to get to the next day. And Braden and Chase have um, reinvested in the company to keep growing the business and expanding on what we do and taking the like, hey, we can deck ahead. We can now make our own casting. Well, there's a lot of things that go into that, um, but it's it's just compounding the capabilities and yeah. you know reinvesting in the the equipment, the tools, the people yeah, to I mean, become a shop that we can fix your truck. You could drive in and we can we can fix your truck. We can build the engine. We can service the cylinder. You know, we can do all those things. We can machine the parts to, um, like you always say, keep building the toolbox. Yeah, it, it's getting pretty extreme. I mean, there's, well, unless you go to PRI um, in Indianapolis, you wouldn't know it. But, uh, you know, we, man, we machine a, a V8 LS block. Um, from casting here, um, hundreds of them a year. And that was a project that we wouldn't have had the confidence to take on if we weren't already rooted in machining engines. But then we're, we're not your typical engine machine shop that, you know, decks and bores and <clears throat> line homes and does that. We do that. But we also can take your casting and machine it and then sleeve it and then line hone it and uh you know install the sleeves everything so um there's really not much we're afraid of when it comes to to engines uh, themselves but like i say there's a dedicated machine making v8 ls blocks and uh, you know it may be uh, uh v8 big blocks maybe v8 duramaxes at some point in time but um you know i doubt uh i don't know if there's a opportunity for a aluminum duramax casting but, oh, there's uh, always opportunities. <laughs> I don't want to get too, too many people on edge, but, uh, you know, we've thought about things like that, and we have a local foundry that's very good uh, at what they do, and uh, they trust us with machining. And uh, so it's a good fit. But, yeah, there's 20, what is the SW, 21st? I think it's the 21st CNC machine we have here. Um, we just bought a um, five-axis dual spindle machine that will make our compressor wheels. Um, 15 minute total cycle time, you get two wheels. So pretty wild. For all of our cheetahs. Yeah. So we've just brought, um, you know, all compressor wheel manufacturing, uh, we'll, we'll be transitioning in house, um, just to support our growth. And, you know, that could also lead into, you know, new product and, and <clears throat> more capability. So, but to kind of follow up the, the thing that I see is that when we, learn how to do something we usually 
then try to figure out how to compound onto that. So, you know, like I said, you learn how to deck and cut seats on a sonar head. How do we do this at a larger scale? You know, to your point about the LS blocks, like our engineering team, our machinists, they learned some really valuable uh, lessons and got some really good experience by taking that project on. We then figure out how to compound onto those skill sets and that experience and develop more based on what we learned. You know, the first time you do it is always the hardest. Two weeks to make one, and now we can make two and a half in a day, you know, almost three. So it's just like our our pumps. You know, the first one was the hardest, mm -hmm. and then it became like, well, let's figure out how to make these fit this and that. Same thing with the turbos. You guys. Back in the day, it started with the the Duramax, and then uh, Chase wanted to make a three fifty one VE Cheetah. I said he was stupid. <laughs> now we sell like best, best seven thousand of them a year. Best I don't hold it over his hand. He just reminds him about twice a week whose idea that was. <laughs> Whatever. I, I was learned. That, I was told that that's not nice, so I just leave it be. You get your paycheck. See, we, we see what I did just there? I yeah. Just kind of <laughs> well, I, see, I see some other cool parts on the table, and I see some fuel stuff there. What um, you know, what are some other things you guys have come out? I know there's some 12-valve some stuff and you know, some needs those guys have to uh, you know, solve some issues. Yeah, the 12-valve has been, a, I think, an underserved uh, market, and it's an area that, that we're definitely uh, starting to approach and spend a lot more time in. And one of the first... Uh, products that we wanted to bring into the 12 valve market was that uh, our SureFlow sending unit. And uh, we've got a couple guys with uh, some early Dodge trucks here, and every single one of them uh, had a non working fuel level sender. They probably hadn't known how much fuel they had for about the last 15 years. And if you're out trying to find a replacement part for those today, they're, they're just, you just cannot find them. Um, and people have been doing all sorts of really weird. Uh, tank conversions they've been going to a gas tank and then doing other like gas sending units in there yeah so there really hasn't been a solid solution for the aftermarket and that um, that that's one of those cases where we saw an opportunity to take our expertise take some of the uh, elements that we've already built for the sending units and the power flows and just reapply them into that into that market and um, we've got one of the 12 valve sure flows here we just kicked this off within the last couple of weeks so um, a lot of people may not be entirely familiar with it but this sending unit platform now goes all the way from uh, 1991 on the cummins up to 2022 and then on the duramax side we go from 04 and a half up to 16 and we're working on something for the lb7 right now so yep can we have one in jake's first yeah. Oh, his and he sold it. Yeah. Oh. And he sold first gen. Hmm? News to me. Yeah. Guess we're looking for a first gen. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about any of the some of the uniqueness on that with the bucket? This this version, uh, Patrick's a little bit different than uh, what some people may have seen in the past. It'll be tough to you know to see over the uh, audio, but we've uh, started injection molding our own uh, buckets for it. Uh, this assembly still has the same billet cap. It's got new sending electronics. Uh, really makes for a very clean installation. And for the 12 guy, 12, 12 valve guys, uh, it's a nice, nice fix it part. Let's them. Yeah. 
set up the fuel system the way they want to and then get their fuel gauge working again so probably a new driving experience for them considering they haven't had one for about 10 years i think the uh <clears throat> from an engineering standpoint the 12 valve first gen second gen stuff is is uh it's a challenge because most of the trucks they're hard to find a and b um they've been kind of worked on pieced together with what we could find here or there whatever you know so yeah we're on their sixth owner yeah so <laughs> It, it, it was kind of a challenge to get the power flow and the sure flow products done and then and do it in a way that uh, we could get coverage from 91 to 98 and and be good there. Um, it's actually funny we found out that 89 and 1989 and 1990 trucks had different fuel tanks. Um, and again, going back to the challenges from an engineering perspective, it's it's not easy to find information. Like 1989 Dodge fuel tank information like doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> I think 1989, they didn't write anything down. So that year in itself is- Oh, well, they did. They wrote everything down and that's the problem. It's not it all got It all got burned. But, exactly. but it's funny when Shredded. you put some like feelers out there, like there's a whole network of people. You just got to know those people. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we've had a lot of help and feedback from customers and friends. And um, to your point about the, the fuel gauge, um, you know, there's a lot of trucks that the sending units aren't working. So you don't have um, a fuel gauge. Now, disclaimer, there are cases where your actual dash doesn't work. <laughs> so for you customers out there that are listening, they may not buy be a, sending unit. our new SureFlow or PowerFlow, if, if your fuel gauge still doesn't work, please look at your dash. <laughs> it might be a minute before we have a new dash made for, for the first gens, but, <laughs> but offering like, you know, falling in line with all of our other products, having a nice, uh, easy, clean, simple install we tried to try to hit those uh, requirements and i think we did a good job availability i mean yep. that's a one of our key metrics is always being you know having everything available at every location every distributor trying to keep things in stock everywhere that was one of the things i noticed when when jeff picked it up there is it looks oem like it looks you know and i'm just seeing it on a camera but it looks like a quality oem <laughs> component that you, know, you think you walk into a dealership and get it but I, I can't even imagine the amount of work and time and engineering and everything that goes into it but you know it definitely addresses you know a major issue and then i think of the year range you know that you mentioned i'm sure that was a major challenge to get you know a 91 first gen and have it fit all these different years that's a lot of work speak to the uh help from friends and, and customers we had a uh, customer that bought a SureFlow for his 1989 truck and um, ended up coming up and we met with him and talked and he, he actually gave us a, a tank and a sending unit and he provided a ton of feedback that or uh, information that we didn't know and helped us kind of work through the final steps of getting these things done. So that being said, we also have the power flow version. 
which is obviously with pumps. Yeah, with with the pumps in the bucket. And the cool thing about this is we set it up so it comes pre-set up for a truck with a VE pump. And we provide a, a different uh, spring for the cap if you have a P pump. Okay. So that's the kind of how we tried to make that broad coverage. We tried to think of like every scenario and what you would need depending on which truck you have. I bet that makes it really easy on the distributors and the dealers as well. Cause once you get into all these different part numbers and all these things, and you know, you're stocking it in a warehouse and there's one digit that separates the VE from the P pump. It's just, it seems like you guys really streamlined it to make it easy on, you know, the shops and distributors and retailers out there. Yep. I also see, I see some electrical things on there, which I, I always, that kind of always kind of piques my interest a little bit because it's, when I think of an older truck and, you know, if I'm going to be going through it, you know, it's been on the road 18 years, 15 years, 20 years, and that stuff takes a beating, you know, through the winters and the different seasons and the six owners, like you I mentioned, mean, Jeff. <laughs> even one owner or one year. Yeah. yeah like, we, we're making stuff for some of the L5P trucks now, like the uh, injector pigtail is a big one. Yeah, there um, you go. Probably one of the highest movers. There you go. That is... <clears throat> Well, we we can kind of talk about how we got into this, and I, again, I think it was it's one of those things that's driven by demand from our uh, customers and from the dealers. But we produce uh, a chassis harness for every power flow lift pump, every uh, 07 to 12 Cheetah. Um, everything electronic that we make, yeah. we make the harnessing. The harnessing. And so you're talking thousands and thousands of pieces a year. And we had started to slowly in-house that activity going back to about 20, late, late 2018, early 2019. And it just started to grow and grow. And recently we uh, reinvested into some fully automated cut strip and crimp, cut strip and crimp centers and standalone equipment to really let us do all of that work in-house. Every aspect of our electrical manufacturing is, is entirely done in-house. And that, to me, I would, I would relate that as like going from a drill to a, a horizontal CNC. Horizontal CNC. We went from a hand crimper to a fully automated center. And that really opened up the ability for us to, to grow an entirely new product line and we brought in some dealers we asked them hey what are the kind of products you need to make your life easier almost every single one of them at ucc said hey it's really hard for us to get these harnesses can you make us some pigtails and other connectors these are hard to come by it would make it a lot easier for us to repair things more quickly make it a, a less expensive repair for the customer uh, and turn jobs faster and we said okay sounds good so the first 10, 10 dozen ideas or so, I think, all came in from dealers and customers. And we, one of the first ones was the L5P uh, injector pigtail, along with a number of other discontinued GM parts uh, that you just can't get anymore. And we started knocking those off one, one after another. We've got a couple here, but they're really, you know, for us, that market is the guys that just need a more cost-effective repair as opposed to an entire harness. And uh, it, for us, it's a growth area and, and we're, already got about two dozen products in that mix yeah i think it's of... funny too because the <clears throat> the start of this product project was no different than any 
getting the first pigtail was the hardest one. <laughs> and once we got some traction, it's um, a process. Yeah, it, it's the same thing as is like what we were talking with the cylinder heads. We we learned, and we just keep compounding onto what we learned and and how we do things. And ultimately, this uh, section of our company is, you know, going to afford us the ability to look at even bigger projects. You know, engine harnesses. Yeah. We could do an engine harness. We have pretty much every every connector to do a. 0659 already um and we have most of the crimp tooling uh, but it's just that's a, another bigger step and then you have to set up you know end of line testing for all those harnesses and uh and then you know resource it it take a little more manpower than um you know a, a six inch wire here where on a wiring harness if you ever seen wiring harness manufacturing it's even the most automated or highest volume, they're still using pegboards and, um, you know, they've got you know, connectors that'll plug in here and then there's just pins and pegs to where that establishes your wire links and uh, it's a pretty manual process. So. so there's extra time now because we've taken all the manual processes, most of them out of that area of the business and uh, the machine can make a, a year's annual volume of our power flow product in a month or less wow. in one shift. No, I'd say, Patrick, I'd say one thing, if you've got any listeners that have uh, products or components that they need from the electrical uh, aspect, either from a repair perspective or um, from an availability perspective, for that matter. Give me your cell phone um, number. Yeah, re reach out to us. <laughs> <laughs> reach out to us. Send us an email. Give us a message on, on, on uh, social Jeff media. 317. <laughs> well, what, what, is, what is that email? In, yeah, you can send us an email at info at policeperformance.com and, and send us your ideas, um, send us your needs, and, and absolutely, we will take a look at it and we'll work to uh, make you a product that, that can make your life easier and uh, hopefully, if you're a shop, make, make it easier for you to make repairs and, and do your business. So, I hear that a lot from listeners, whether they're a shop owner or just a truck owner. And the availability of parts from, you know, a dealership or the OEM level just isn't there. It's discontinued or, you know, getting an engine harness. I see that pop up all the time on Facebook, you know, truck groups and things, people looking for a harness and, and, and tons of stuff like that. So I think it's really cool. The, uh, you know, that product line that you guys have. And then also the control that you mentioned when I think of, you know, things with turbos and, and lift pumps, just being able to control that electrical aspect to it and the construction. You know, you guys know better than I do. If there's an issue with something electrical, you have this, you know, this fancy part somebody wants, they need it, solving an issue, gets to the shop, and you know, it's Friday at 4.59 p.m., and it's just some small electrical issue that that uh, threw it off. But you guys are able to control that and test it and get it there. So I think, Braden, you had mentioned the, uh, the confidence in the job earlier in the podcast, and I think even something, you know, as small as a connector or a wire, you know, really speaks to the larger volumes, you know, what we're talking about with heads and the engines that, that we started off with. So I think that's, that, that's just huge for the market. Yeah, we've got a brand to protect as well. So, you know, we want the consumer to have confidence in the product and trust in the brand and uh, want to continue, you know, to, uh, to purchase whatever product that might be. They may, may be a Duramax shop, but then see, you know, there's opportunity for them to branch out and make some money, you know, doing, uh, 
they like the Duramaxes and the power flows that on the Duramaxes, maybe they start putting power flows in, in the Dodge trucks and, you, you know, uh, there's, we've got a pretty varied product line. Yeah, I've been seeing a ton of, a ton of releases, you guys. I, I can tell you guys have been hard at work because it's like every week I see you know, a couple new things or, you know, even more. So just seeing the amount of volume and, and, uh, the solutions that are being offered it's it's really cool to see it apply to so many different makes and models um where you know a lot of times just chatting with companies or truck owners out there it, it's really hard to find one place to go for as many things as you know they're gonna need but you guys have a ton of stuff and it should it's, it's really exciting to have you know been able to follow it over the years and and uh you know chatting with you guys about it but you know, like the cylinder head issue and um electrical connectors or sending units on a 12 valve it's uh it's really exciting for diesel and, and i think the varied uh you know, kind of truck ownership that's out there you know people whether they got a brand new one like we talked about the l5p this year old or a 1991 that can't read the you know the fuel level you guys got a solution for it i think one thing too to to make note of or mention is the amount of uh emphasis we've put on quality you know as the company's grown and evolved and we're releasing more and more products and we're developing the amount of effort we've put into uh qc and and really um the stuff that nobody really looks at or talks about yeah but it's not the sexiest part of the business but it's the most important part to yeah. ensure that we get a quality product on everybody's shelf you know, it's posted all over the building. Quality is what we do, you know, and that's, that's, that's our motto. And that's what we want to stick to. Um, it takes some key people in that process to make that go because you have to be a special type of person yeah. <laughs> to make quality prints and, and, and really inspect parts and, and do those things. But that's uh, been a huge emphasis over the last, you know, couple of years of really, um, bringing down phone calls and, and, and warranties and giving people reliable things. And that's what keeps people coming back. And, uh, we were talking about that Duramax head. Um, obviously we've been remanning Cummins heads as well. We've also got the point where we're releasing long blocks, uh, Cummins long blocks. So that's something that's been in the works for many years. And, and we're real excited about that. Yeah, within within freedom. I don't know if you talk yeah. a little bit about some of that shift or not, but a lot of the focus now within freedom is is focused on our billet block efforts that, that you're seeing on the track with with Derek, and then equally onto the um, long, yeah just competition and uh, you know the stuff that pays the bills, and that's uh, people that use their trucks every day and they need uh, you know a durable and reliable combo, and um, like you had mentioned, the trickle down you know, uh, of the racing product into the street applications. Um, you know, that our cylinder heads, that's how they were created was taking what was working on the racetrack and, you know, applying that to the daily drivers and making sure that they would uh, hold up at an elevated power level. Um, the cab chassis rams are notorious for dropping seats and leaving people on the side of the road. And, you know, that's something that we are thankful we don't have those problems. And they, you know, update the head and away they go. They're fixed after that. 
getting create engines off the ground was a interesting challenge because we already built engines. Like I'm confident in the engine build. It's the process behind the build. It's the documentation. It's all the quality steps. It's it's the you know well, getting build. it loaded into our internal system. Police and Freedom are the same, but they're two different companies to an extent where we didn't have all of the parts and pieces loaded into our system internally with police. So we had to basically circle the wagon and start all the way up back over and get that into the system. And that's something they worked on. It's the most complicated build yeah, material. Yeah. yeah it's the most complicated of, build parts, material. Like, yeah. So we've worked through that and logistically even shipping. Yeah. It's then you got to hope whoever's putting it in knows what they're doing. So right now that's a program that we're, Basically, it's a kind of a pilot program with our uh, preferred dealer network, which there's, I would no, say, there's about two dozen. They have yeah, about two dozen shops in that group right now. You know, we're accepting more, obviously, mm -hmm. once they've been vetted and we work through that. So that's kind of how we want to get rolling with that and make sure that we got good hands on the project and make sure that they're installed and broke in appropriately. With the, I just thought of a question with the preferred dealer network. Like, you know, somebody's listening, they're, they're you know, truck owner out there. And one of the questions that I think comes up a lot is, do you have any, you know, dealers around me or a place you can send me? And um, yeah, I know a lot of times kind of in the industry, you might know a shop, but you don't really know how they operate or, or uh, you know, what their best practices are. So if somebody's a preferred dealer, what is that? What does that mean for like a referral if somebody calls in and you know they're not going to do the work themselves they want to get your products your engine and uh you know take it somewhere what do you guys go through to you know qualify a preferred dealer so for on our our website patrick we've got uh, a dealer locator that's on those and those are shops that, that we've vetted and worked with over uh, periods of time some of those are also like you could be a web retailer for that matter um, but we're actually working to segment those out right now so that we can help our customers better identify who's a web retailer or maybe just a retail shop, who is a service parts shop and installer, and then separately, who are the engine dealers that we have. And we're in that process right now uh, to help separate those out. But anybody can always call us and um, we'll absolutely send them to um, you know, a recommended shop in their area, especially if it's something for like a crate engine. Um, we've got, uh, it's right around two dozen shops. Uh, we geographically selected those those shops based on, uh, you know, ensuring we had good coverage all around the United States. Uh, there'll certainly be more as that program grows, uh, absolutely. But uh, I would say if they've got an immediate question, people can always call in, we'll, we'll happily send them uh, straight to a shop depending on what their need is. So if it's, if it's an engine or if it's just Someone just wants to order the parts and do it themselves. We're gonna we're gonna direct them, you know, a different path than to somebody that may need to have it otherwise installed. I think it's a huge benefit to the the customer out there because whenever we do these episodes, like when we talked about Freedom Racing engines or cheetahs, somebody will message in or send something on Instagram and they'll say, "Hey, I I want this turbo, but I don't know where to take it." And I think being able to refer it direct to you guys to get it to you know a place you know is is huge for the end user because they they want the product. They understand the quality and, you know, they've listened to you guys talk about what went into, you know, R&D and testing. 
and then it's kind of like the handoff to you know the local shop um you know that's near them just completes that whole process and i think makes it you know all come full circle and what you're mentioning chase about you know racing and and truck owners and i think back to when i first started is you know i would watch these guys race and i might not be building a race truck but i'd say if they can build a transmission for that race truck it'd work in mine or you know they're running this you know tuning or turbo whatever it might have been it just gave me confidence to be able to approach it. So I think what you guys have done with the racers that you guys work with, whether it's Ryan, Derek, I know there's tons of other racers out there and you have a hotshot truck or something you tow with, or just a daily driver. You think, okay, if they're supporting those guys, you know what they're doing with power and investing in this quality control and all these processes, I know this turbo is going to work on my truck or this sending unit or these LB seven heads or any of the number of different products that you, that you guys offer. So I think that's uh, something that's really powerful and it's, I think it's unique um, in diesel. And so it's uh, something I think is good, you know, for the whole, for the whole industry, but especially, you know, what you guys are on the cutting edge of, you know, at least performance. So I always enjoy our chats with you guys. I always learn a ton from it and I'm excited to see, you know, what comes out next week or, you know, heading into January. So I appreciate you guys chatting with us and, uh, you know, letting us know about some new products coming up, some things that you guys have out and uh, definitely look forward to seeing what you guys do in 2023. Thanks for having us on. We appreciate it as always. Thanks, Patrick. Yeah, always fun. Thanks, Patrick. Appreciate it. Don't forget, Diesel fans, if you're in the market for a knife, don't forget to head on over to Kershaw Knives. They've got a 20% off site-wide code just for you guys. We appreciate them offering that to you. Just use code DIESEL20 at checkout. Get 20% off, whether it's a knife you need for EDC or hunting or fishing or at the job site or around the house. They've got a ton of different choices regardless of what your budget is or if you're a knife enthusiast and are really into you know different types of opening mechanisms, um, blade steels, handle materials. They've got a ton of cool things on there. Make sure and take advantage of it to be able to save 20% off on your order. Also want to give a shout out to some of our Patreon supporters, Tyler Lowen of 23 Diesel, Caleb, John, all of our Patreon supporters, all of you who subscribe on YouTube podcast apps, those of you who are on our Discord, um, you know, chatting about your builds and, um, you know, asking questions about products and ways to make your guys' truck run better. We appreciate all the support you've given us in 2022 and really going all the way back to 2016. We have a lot of really cool things planned for 2023. We look forward to being able to cover topics and parts and trends and upgrades for your Cummins Duramax or Power Stroke. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.